welcome to the fee portion of the Mophies, because we are now uh, having survived, um, conquered, uh, whatever you want to say, gotten through Masters of Horror seasons one and two. We're now on to the unofficial season three of Masters of Horror, aka season one and only of Fear Itself. Ooh. Look, I didn't know I didn't know if we could do it, but we did it. Well, I mean, we we've we did two thirds of it so far. Well, I'm gonna tell you, if the I think my feeling is correct about this, I uh, I think the worst is over. <laughs> um, I, you know, there there's a lot of reasons I believe you. I think the so fear itself for those who don't know, um, ran the summer of 2008 on NBC. Mm-hmm. And what that meant was it's an hour-long show with commercials, so the episodes end up being about 45 minutes in total, or 43 minutes, I guess. Um, it had to air on NBC, which meant you don't have, uh, you know, you have limitations on nudity, gore, and language. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to get fucks. Um, you are not going to see boobs. Um, you will get violence, I think. I mean, violence is like the last <laughs> thing we really regulate. Um, yeah. In 2008, it might have been a little bit tougher than because I was trying to think about this. I'm like, it, it's an odd thing for NBC to have picked up because it's such a specific audience, and it was the summer. Like, I would get it if it was like an October thing, mm-hmm. but it was mm-hmm. summer of 2008 when you didn't yet have American Horror Story. Um, like, you didn't uh, the, you didn't have that. Hor- I, when did um, Walking Dead was after that? I think right. Um. Right around Dead that time, I think. Show. I think it. Walking Dead started in 2010. No, so it's yeah. still two years later. Like, yeah. it just, horror TV still wasn't a thing. It was a weird gamble for NBC to take, and it did not pay off. Um, did. Yeah, they, they aired a couple of episodes, and then the Olympics happened. So, I mean, th- they would have been turned off for the Olympics anyway, but the whole idea would have been, oh, but then you'll come back and finish your run. And they didn't. They Their last couple of episodes, I think, were unaired and then eventually just released on DVD. <clears throat> so not, you know, by any means a success. Um, I don't hear many directors talk about their experiences with it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an interesting batch of directors, and we'll get to all of them as we go through it. Uh, but I, And I had not seen a single episode until this oh. week. Whereas you have seen all of it or some of it? I've seen I've seen all of the ones that aired. Um, I, I remember them to varying degrees. Okay. And then there are some that we were clicking through the pictures of it just on Roku channel. And then there were ones that looked like nonsense to me. Like somebody made them up. I have no recollection it. of it. I don't. But um, I watched the first episode. I 100% did. I didn't remember it at all. So <laughs> that, it really got going. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. So on this well, episode, we're going to be talking about episode <laughs> one, The Sacrifice. Sacrifice. Uh, uh, which I, I put this on the Facebook page, but for those of you who are playing along at home by watching this on the Roku channel, which I think is the only place it's streaming, um, I don't know if it's going to ever get fixed, but episode one, you start it and it says The Sacrifice. And you start the episode, and five minutes into it, the title card comes up and says, In Sickness and Health, which is episode four. Mm -hmm. So for whatever reason, Roku Channel has an error, and this is actually their episode four, but episode one is Breck Eisner's The Sacrifice. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, so yep. you had seen this before? I had seen it before. Um, I again, it was it was I had to be when it aired. So okay, so it it's going 12, back now, 12, 12 years. Twelve years ago, I don't. I remember a lot of the imagery because if 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 memory serves, they used a lot of the imagery from this one in their uh, lead up campaign. Probably because it was the first one done or something like that. Yeah, there were like three of them, three or four of them that I distinctly remember from their marketing, and mm. that would be this one. Um, just Eric Roberts from sure. episode two, and then Elizabeth Moss from the Eater episode that we'll get to. Um, so I I remember it being advertised, and I remember being like, yeah, okay. And there's, I was I was nonplussed for most <laughs> of it, but there is one episode that I always found uh, amazing and fascinating. And uh, I don't know, I I think that. For me, especially during this rewatch, the idea of giving this make a short, scary thing directive to people without them being able to use female violence and nudity as a crutch, yeah, is is more interesting. Like, yeah. I, oh, so you mean I can't make my whole thing be about like a mean stripper who who. I don't know. I don't even know what Pelts was about. I was just going to try to <laughs> wreck some up the fur, the fur trade. I guess, <laughs> or or like a or like a uh, facially uh, not okay woman who makes who just really happen. likes to have sex on top with men who always want her to be on top. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what any of those were about. Yeah. So it's like the idea that you have to. Oh, maybe these will have a story because they're on yeah, network work within your confines and. <laughs> I have to say the the most exciting thing about these, I think for me, is that the forty five minute runtime, it makes a difference. And this it's episode, zippy. yeah, this yep. episode could have been probably a movie that's like I don't. I was kind of underwhelmed by this episode, um, but it does move because it has to. It starts in the middle. It, yep. it just it doesn't have too much time for exposition because you only have forty five minutes. So mm-hmm. it, no matter what you want to do, if you're going to tell an epic story. Um, you you know you gotta cram it in there and i look i'm not saying all uh forms of entertainment should be short but i will always prefer a short tight thing that should have had room to breathe to something that goes on forever that is boring don't bore me i've got things to do yeah i mean this this one uh gets close it it really is on the edge of just being I, I think, well, I mean, it is it is a screenplay uh, adapted from a short story, and uh, it is written by Mick Garris, so... <laughs> I, not not I a great say, place to start. I will say, as far as our relationship with Mick Garris going through the, all of these, this is the best one. <laughs> well, I think the, the V word, remember he did write the V word. Did he write the V he word? He wrote the V word, yeah, he adapted that. Oh, all I, I, Valerie on the stairs has ruined me, I think. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's fair. A lot of, I mean, two seasons of Masters of Horror are allowed to ruin you for this. But on this, I wonder, too, if, and this is not, um, I've not done the research yet on Fear Itself. I wonder if, in a way, he actually had less influence because you had NBC. You had a network that probably said needed to approve the scripts first and make decisions, whereas with Showtime, they seemed much more hands-off. So I wonder if this was less him than others, but I, I don't know. I have to do some digging on that. We should, before we get into the episode, talk about the opening credits. So I I actually don't have a problem with these opening credits. 
<laughs> they're I mean, they feel very much like a new version of the Masters of Horror credits. The yeah. ancient, one thing that's really funny is that the music, the way you're saying these like zip along, the music zips. It's like the same song or the same type of song, but played double time. <laughs> yeah. It's the guy from System of a Down. It's uh, we we saw it at the end. It's from oh, a solo record. Interesting. I said that sounds like System of a Down. That sounds like the guy from System of a Down. And somebody that I live with was like, nah. -uh. And then at the end, I was proven right, and I like to be right. I it's love being right. Uh, we don't get a baby doll winking, which really bothers me. We don't get Stop any baby it. doll. Don't don't talk about it. Don't talk don't. about that yet. It's not time. Okay. Ooh, ooh. I don't know what that means, <laughs> but I'm intrigued. <laughs> but I, I don't. Okay. The cre opening credits aren't great, obviously. But, like, I like them better. They're not as, like, self-serious. They're not trying as hard. Yeah. Like, they're, <laughs> they might understand that they're a little goofy. Yes. Whereas the, the, the Masters of Horror credits feel like they take themselves very seriously. Yeah. And we get in and we get out. It's like. Yes. It's very quick. It's like varying degrees of uh quality imagery mm. some imagery you go like that's not bad and others, then some others like, you go like did they oh, pay no. for that i don't think they even paid for that why did we do this yeah getty and images then, had a gif they took it and then they were like all right and we're in this is the episode yeah. and i was like okay thank you you mean i don't have to watch blood drip for 20 minutes <laughs> and i guess the um i think this is the way they they all go at least based on the 2.2 that i watched so far uh, there is like a little bit of an intro and then yeah. the title and or then the then the credits and then you come back to the title, which I kinda like. Yep. So I will I will I will double down on this statement for the next episode, but uh a big Twilight Zone energy. And Yeah. It really like in the construction of it, mm -hmm. like the you get this like out of, out of context opening. What's this about? And now mm -hmm. boom, we're in the story. And uh, uh, I And it's funny because this episode definitely um, has a little bit, does kind of, it, as, you, as soon as you hit Twilight Zone, I'm like, you know, this episode is a little bit like one episode of Twilight Zone that I can think of that's a very famous episode. So we should, um, I mean, everybody knows we do spoil these episodes, so we are going to go in detail. So if you haven't watched it, it is on the Roku channel, but it's airing as episode four. Um, mm -hmm. I was underwhelmed. I kind of found this blah, but it didn't bother me per se. So sure. it's like, oh, maybe watch it. So let's go into it. Tell Now, this is directed by, we, we also, of course, have to acknowledge the directors who are now not required to be Masters of Horror, right? No, because it's not in the title. Yeah. So, Breck Eisner, tell me what you know about Breck Eisner. Um, he directed The Crazies. He uh, did, which I which... I I don't love. I I think it's a little overrated, but really, we yeah. recently rewatched it. There's some stuff in there that plays really well. Maybe I should rewatch it. Um, yeah. I watched it around the time it came out, and then we rewatched it. I don't know this year, like within the last mm -hmm. few months. Uh, Timothy Oliphant is well fucking fantastic yeah. in it, and yeah. it looks good. He Timothy Oliphant is is. It's not that he's never bad. It's that Timothy Oliphant will make anything. Yeah. Good. He will make whatever he's doing watchable and interesting and weird in a way that is like just makes him one of like one, an actor of his generation in that way, I think. Um, yeah. And I, I remember like thinking the some of the, the setting is great, that it's in Iowa. There were things I liked, but I remember having a lot of issues with um, some of the staging of it that I felt like the film's geography never made sense. I didn't know where anybody was in relation to each other. So I remember thinking some of the actual like horror sequences of a character hiding and a character trying to find them, you don't know where anybody is. Like that setup aspect, I never liked. 
Um, I think I think that still I think if you rewatched it, you would you would probably find that you still feel that mm, way. Yeah. But I wonder how much you would care based on the yeah. overall like conceit of the of the of the movie. Okay, I'll, I'll give it I a rewatch. But like, I don't think you're wrong. I don't mm-hmm. feel like I felt that way watching it. But saying it, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously, it was there. It was yeah. No, no, no. That that actually makes me feel good that it because I know sometimes and especially so Breck Eisner, the other part to it, he is the son of Michael Eisner, who at no, I don't think anymore, but at one point was basically the CEO of Disney. Yeah. Like this guy, guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Like this guy. Um. And I know it's it's hard not to, but you look at this guy's credits, and basically he went from film school to directing a few like TV episodes, and then being given one hundred and fifty million dollars to make Sahara. Sahara, which is which one of the seen. biggest bombs of all time. I've never seen it. I don't Nor know. Have Maybe I. it's great. I don't care. I've never <laughs> heard anybody say it's like oh secretly good, but yeah. it's one of those like it's very hard to have any. Like, in, in some ways, this kid, who's probably younger than me, has the odds stacked against him because dude who was born into complete privilege and opportunity and given complete opportunity, like $150 million to make a movie that, by most accounts, was not really very good, it, it does give you that immediate, like, you have to work to prove to me that you deserve this. Mm-hmm. Um it's a little unfair in a sense, but you know what? <laughs> People say that to directors who didn't have famous fathers all the time and they don't get work. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so I don't have much, I didn't come into this with a lot of excitement for him. I guess the other thing he made was the last witch hunter, which, which is almost unwatchable. I, I would say I get that confused with um, the sorcerer's apprentice or whatever that movie was with Nicolas Cage, which is almost unwatchable. In my okay. Okay. <laughs> Um, the last witch hunter is the uh, Vin, Vin Diesel, Diesel one, one. Okay. and I think uh, Elijah Wood is also. Yeah, in it. yeah, it has a really good cast actually. I I don't know if we actually finished it. I couldn't get through it. And Interesting. Look, I'm gonna say this. This is maybe one of. I'm gonna pull a lot. Obviously, we're gonna be pulling along Masters of Horror behind this. Yeah. E- even though I have no precedence for this, this one I think was directed really well. It looks really good. And I found that surprising based on what we had just come from. True. Like, it was staged really well. There were camera movements. There was lighting. Yeah, yeah. Like, they took this shit seriously. It looked good. I was like, whoa, this is this is for real. So, I mean, if he was, if he's even partially responsible for why it looks so good, uh, great. There were so many dark spots, but you could see. It was really good. That's a good point. Yeah. So, let's go so, into the story. Thanks. Breck. Is that his name? Breck? His name. Yeah, I think it's one of those, like, his, uh, like, a middle name or something. What a weird... Every time I say it, I think it's wrong, because it feels <laughs> weird coming out of Breck. It feels like there should be, like, an in after it, or it should be Brock or something. But... Or Brett. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Well, either way, yes. Let's, let's continue. <laughs> Moving on. So what is the sacrifice about, Christine? All right. <clears throat> so the sacrifice is... Um, there's a lot of things I like about it. So we start off with with these this group of dudes, and they're in the middle of whatever's going on with them. Love it, love that, love that for them. Do we ever find out exactly what they were doing? They, I think they were doing some kind of like, like heist trade, or like, like a heist or a gun drop or like yeah, like something boxing. illegal involving money. But oh. we don't actually get the details. Lo- illicit money, weapons. Okay, but like we're dropped in on the middle of their shit. And somebody has gotten shot or, like, I don't know, their chest exploded, depending on what you 
It's just weird. It's, it's a weird apparatus they use for that, dude. But so they like, we have to get him somewhere. And then like their car gets fucked up and they're like, oh, no. So they pull him in a canoe to like a big compound. And then they think it's OK to just walk into this compound, which is strange. I don't I don't know why. It's like huge. I don't know where this was set. I should have looked it up. And if this place is real. I think everything like was colonial. filming in uh, Canada in this in uh, this season. It looks like a place you would go to for school. So they could show you how, how like, the, you know, people used to live at, like, what is that? Uh, Plymouth Rock. There you go. Couldn't think of what it was called. <laughs> it's, it's, it's got that going on. It does. On. Like, like, it looks like Rachel Miner should be, like, showing them pottery. And then the other chick should be showing them how to, like, skin a sheep or something. Yeah. And dip yeah. candles. Like, but it, it makes for a really cool looking place. Which is good because literally that's it. This is it. That's the only other place yeah, you go. That's your location, yeah. And this is for me where it gets kind of weak. There's obviously nefarious happenings and they slow roll what it is so that I guess they can have somewhere to go. And because there's weird stuff and you're eating weird stew and where did this mm-hmm. person go? And am I trustworthy? I'm a pretty lady. And um basically, spoilers, it ends up being an ancient vampire that looks a lot like the ancient vampires from the final season of Buffy. Um, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so there's three women at this compound, which I just saw on the IMDb trivia, filmed at Fort Edmonton Park, which oh. is the same location they used for Ginger Snaps back at the beginning. Which I've not seen. Ah, that's I, the, it, yeah. It really great use of this, this yeah, yeah. structure. It's It, like, has so much production value. I, I loved the way that this thing looked. Inside those little cabins, so cool. Yep. So cool. And there are these sisters, and they are... They're all blonde and beautiful, and there's a little bit of a... And this was, I think, where I'm watching this thinking, like, I'm so glad this episode is on NBC and not Showtime. Because it would just be them walking around naked and seducing men, and then killing them or sacrificing them. But instead, like, there is an element of... It actually made me think of, like, Cold Mountain a little bit, of, like, they're sirens, basically. Like, there's these... You know, these women who are, they're beautiful, but they're very covered up. They don't, you know, one of them is a little flirty, but there's, it doesn't, it, it, it it's obviously like the men immediately are put at ease because they're like, oh, these are beautiful women. But, but on the wrong network, this would have gone very different. Oh, for sure. Also, I think this is a perfect moment to stop down and mention that in 2008, these broads probably were dressed really obnoxiously and stupidly 2020 they all look really cool that's a good point yeah i liked the way they were all styled mm-hmm. i liked all their jewelry and their dresses i thought they were all very cool and pretty <laughs> and i was like <laughs> i wish this was just about them um and they so i think that this source material was probably uh a lot of fun i or there was stuff there. I don't know. There's something about this episode, though, that feels really diluted because there is a lot of running around and and yelling and not sure who, why you can't. I wish everybody had been more clear. Yeah, there the dudes like... kind of, except for Jesse Plemons, who oh, who I love, who's and who's great in this. I mean, I love Jesse Plemons. I think he really like, and he's kind of playing like his Friday Night Lights character in this. Which is fine. Very charming. Yeah, he's he's very likable. He's, you know, kind of a weird-looking dude who, who plays the geek really well. But aside from him, the I guess there were three other guys, I guess, because they all looked the same to me and acted the same to me. Um, and 
and I guess like this does that thing that I really hate that I think happens a lot in uh, in literature. It's it's that whole let's give our characters quirky names. Oh, well, I don't look. I don't want to invoke in every episode, but that's some Stephen King shit. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, uh, people had dumb names outside of those books, but like, it's a, it's like a thing. Right. So here you have what point and lemon. Like, come on, come on. But then he had his little spiel to explain his name, and it was maybe it's because he was doing it. Right. If it was somebody else, it probably would have been. Yeah. But why is the other guy named Point? I don't. I don't know. That's stupid. You name one kid Lemanuel after a grandfather, and the other kid you name Point. No, the other kid you name like. Peter or something yeah yeah so that just annoyed me and it was one of those things I'm like from the beginning like when when a show does something at the very beginning that you're just like oh oh really oh our characters name are Lennon great now now I see I see the game you're playing but yeah it's okay. look yeah I mean you're not you know how I feel about about names like that you're exactly completely right yeah. <laughs> um it's it's I, I I just I get sometimes that if people were clear with each other, it's literally what my I love Seinfeld. But there's if everyone in Seinfeld was just a little bit more honest with each other, none of those situations would happen. <laughs> but I feel like if everyone had been a little bit more clear, we wouldn't be in this situation. So I feel like a lot of the the stuff that happened was was simultaneously too slow, rushed, mm. confusing, and unnecessary. But, like, I get where they were going. So it's all to get us to the point where there, there's this vampire and it's the, the girls, the three daughters, their job to stay there and, yeah. and give it people yep. so that it doesn't get out into the world. And, and there it is. That's interesting. And there's Everything a great moment where, where Rachel Miner, who's kind of the main girl, um, is giving that speech and explaining it. And she, she has a, a line that I think is really effective, which is, imagine um, devoting your life to protecting a world that you'll never get to see. You'll never, yeah. Right, because they never yeah. will leave this compound. Um, they have taken this up upon themselves that, no, their job is to protect the world from this thing. Um, uh-huh. And I like that. And I thought, okay, that, that deepens these women. It makes them interesting. Um, and it gives the, the ending of the episode, actually, I thought was, I liked I the way it ended. love the yeah. end of this episode. I think it is such an, eff- thing, it's, endings are hard. Yeah. And some things. <laughs> We've seen that like, from two seasons of Masters of Horror. They just like peter out or like they don't hit it as effectively as they think yeah. they are. But this ending is so visually it's really good. Emotionally it's really impactful because you know the sacrifice aren't the people that they're giving to this vampire. The sacrifice is what she's doing. Yeah, she's. I don't know. I wish it had been about that because there's so much. It's like the whole time. It's like let's get to the fireworks factory. We yeah. get to the fireworks factory and it's so fucking interesting, but we don't have any time to do anything with it because that's not what this was about. Yeah, I wish it had been about something else. <laughs> yeah, no, it's that's a really good point. Um, and I and I wonder, and again, I haven't read the short story, so I don't know how that's structured, how different that is. Um, but there is that. I think the the big takeaway is these women are so much more interesting than these men, mm-hmm. and for a, a lot of reasons, this this episode is more the men's episode. Mm-hmm. And it's such a shame because that's really where the heart is. Um, so instead you have four guys that I, I mean, they, they do that thing that um, 
a lot of TV and the next episode does this too where it's really important where and I understand like you have a 45 minute episode and you're just introducing characters that we don't know otherwise so yeah you have to make your dialogue a little expositiony but the amount of times that it's like I understand you because you're my brother just that whole like let me make sure the under audience understands who's who mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. um but you get that with the guys even though we still don't really understand like what they were doing or other natures of them but we don't get it for the women and like ah and there's a lot there um and like when you find out one of them when when the the cuz the first one dies pretty quickly but when the second sister um die gets bit and just immediately is you know you know what you have to do like that's a really heavy moment and it yes. it like it has enough weight cuz i think it's it's played well enough and the and the actors i think bring enough to it but like that could have been much more uh deep if it if they had more time than these dudes that i don't even know yeah i think there's something really interesting about that like put us in the middle of the situation. Like, yeah. uh, if we know that they were doing illegally stuff, it explains why they can't just go to a hospital right, or right. it explains why maybe they don't all get along, but they're together. I, I, and it's shorthand and I, and I appreciate that and I like it, Yeah. but, but they should have swapped over to us being aligned with the, the women a lot faster because they are the more interesting yeah, thing, Yeah. but they keep us with the brothers who, who the, the, width and breadth of their relationship is that they're brothers yeah like i don't care yeah and the other guy's a little horny and he pays for it immediately oh my god that was an amazing stunt though (laughs) yes the dude 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 falls through the floor what did what did he say i think he said get ready for the ride of your life and then sat down and fell through a hole and it was (laughs) fucking amazing i think i liked this episode (laughs) i i like i was okay with it i i thought it was it was to me, this is one that I think I will forget. Mm-hmm. Um, it just didn't do anything that new to me. It didn't. It wasn't overly invested. It didn't do like it. It was fine. I think is where I landed on it. Probably. Yeah. Like as think- a debut, like as a series premiere, I'm really intrigued with this choice. Yeah, I think it looked really good. I, it did. I- yeah. I mean, maybe that's why it. I don't. I don't think we're. I don't think we're gonna find it's the strongest story. Right. But I think it. It looked really good, and maybe the cast was enough to like be like, "Hey, look who's in this." Although nobody in the cast was that known at the time. At like, the time, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, Jesse Plemons was in Friday Night Lights was on around this time. Um, Rachel Miner is somebody that you've seen in a lot of things, but she's never been a name. Um, and the other guy, I mean, I don't even know any, anybody else in this episode. I did. I don't know that I've, I'm sure I've seen them and stuff, but there was nobody else that I recognized. Whereas, yeah, uh, yeah I don't know. Cause maybe like episode two has Eric Roberts, but it's got a lot going on. And I wonder if this was kind of the way, um, like incident on and off the mountain road was season was the premiere. Like there's something about it of this is what you're getting. You're getting a self-contained horror movie in 45 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, like here, like this is, if you don't like this, then. Right. And I don't know, maybe people didn't like it. Uh, Apparently not. I, 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 there was enough for me to liken it that I will fall on the side of I liked it, but it really, it was a little shaky. I think if the ending had been different and if we had had to watch this as a Masters of Horror, I think I probably would have hated it. 
Yeah. Yeah. I I think, again, it's hard to say what this would have looked like as a Masters of Horror episode. How great would it be if, like, there was a, a, a deep, like, if they filmed these as Masters of Horror and then had to cut them down and we could see the changes? <laughs> that would be amazing. Because I get the feeling I mean, it would just be boobs <laughs> everywhere. Right. Like the one, the, the, the sister that seduces the dude that falls in the hole, um, she has got a lot of cleavage going on. Her boobs would have been 900% out. Oh yeah. Like without question. But so, but like, I look, I like it, you know, and I, I like boobs, put boobs in your thing. Not everything needs boobs. Mm -hmm. And I don't think this would have benefited from from nudity. (laughs) Um, yeah. Cause it's an, it's enough. Like it's believable that, um, there's always the like we've seen hostile movies by this point in time, so like we know, yeah, dudes are horny and they'll like they won't be suspicious at all if there's a hot chick that's into yeah. them, even though she has no reason to be. Yeah, but yeah, Look, I, I believe it. Yeah, I think the ending does really help it um, that it ends on this very sad, resigned note of, well, okay, guess we keep doing this then. Yeah, yeah, it was bleak and I liked it because they they they're they're their uh, solution for getting rid of the the vampire I thought was flawed and couldn't understand why no one had done it earlier. I was thinking if the same thing. Like if it's just it fire, does. then I mean, you've, you've been here how many generations? Yeah. You could. Yeah. So then, and then they like hold hands, our survivors. And I was like, mm. right. but right. then it had a really bleak ending. And I was like, mm, yes. Okay. Not that I need a bleak ending, but like, I don't know that like a happy ending holding hands was isn't really earned because I don't know any of you. Yeah, because it, it's funny because as you say that like week like I had a complaint about a season premiere of season two of Masters of Horror, the damn thing, which ended on a bleak mean note, and I felt like, but you really took the time to make me care about this mother and son, and I watched another character sacrifice his life for them, so I don't want you to end this episode on them dying without even resolving it. Whereas in this one, like, look, I don't know this dude. He kind of seems like an asshole. His brother was kind of sweet, but this guy is kind of a jerk. So yeah. that, you know, he would, I, I didn't have any reason for him to triumph. So I like that he didn't. Yeah. And, and I don't know, like there's a, there's a generational repetitive, like this is, this is what you're stuck with. And no matter how hard you try to get out of it, this is what you're yeah. stuck with. And like, look. I'm not mad at any of it. Yeah. So thank you for being a good story. Rachel story. Miner's performance in that last scene <gasps> so good. is actually really, the look on her face, right? Because they don't say anything. They don't say, because what happens is you realize he, he has been bitten and they have to go right back in and it's not over and she's got to, you know, and the look on her face is just, again, no words. It's just this this joy and then this resignation of turn around go back okay that was it and that i think makes a huge difference so good so good so whoever's decision that was like thanks because it really for me it made the whole thing yeah it just it was there was so much like like emotion and and stuff wrapped into that yeah like i wish i wish the whole episode could have carried that and it would have been perfect television but like they didn't do it so whatever yeah all right so it sounds like you do recommend this one I mean, I I really like the way it looked. I like the setting. I liked the way the sisters were styled, and I liked the end. The, there's enough there for me. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I would ever need to look at this again. Yeah. Because now, it's like, I 
I've now burned it into my brain. But, like, I think I'll think about it again. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know for me. Um, Because it really... I think there are... The Jesse Plemons is the thing that stands out, but Rachel Miner does too. Um, mm-hmm. And it isn't that memorable a story. I've seen this story told before. Um, but it is more competent than a lot of Masters of Horror, certainly. And it actually does work as for what it is, for it being here, as we, as we said so much with the Masters of Horror episodes, here was the assignment and he did complete the assignment. I was taking a sip of water. Um, I'm back, though, and I agree with you completely. And this... you're hydrated now, too. <laughs> I, I heard you ending your sentence, and I was like, oh, God, I have to swallow. Oh, God, swallow, swallow. And I did that thing where I swallowed too hard. Oh, no. I, I, but I'm back. I keep doing this thing where I'll take a drink, and I'll, I'll – I guess my throat isn't as big as I thought it was. I keep taking ah! too much to drink, yes. and I have to swallow in, like, three steps, and it becomes very stressful. I don't know. Is it the pandemic? I don't know. I don't, maybe your throat is shrinking. Is my throat shrinking? Is that, <laughs> is that part of my antibodies? Maybe that's, you know, like that's the thing. So, so I don't know how much everybody knows, but I likely had coronavirus in January. I have tested positive for the antibodies, so it would seem that I had the coronavirus at some point. In January of this year, I got very sick with symptoms that now, in hindsight, were the coronavirus. And I'm like, now starting to think like all these like different health things. I'm like, oh, is that, is that an effect? Is that an after effect? Um, like, I'm jumpier than I ever used to be, but I think that's just been a slow descent into when the doorbell rings and I'm not ready for it. Uh, one day I'll have a heart attack and die. Uh, oh, no. But yeah, I keep just trying to drink too much in one sip. I mean, look, I just did it too. Uh-oh. So maybe Get the antibodies test. You don't know. Maybe you had it. It's true. Yeah. Um, before I almost choked, I will say that you're right. This, uh, if If this completed the assignment then I'm excited to see what other people turn in. Mm-hmm. That's how I felt wa- watching this. I was like, oh, I, I'm excited to see what somebody else is going to do. And yeah. by the end of this episode, I was 100% sold on whatever this series is going to try to do. Yeah. And now I do know how I respond to a couple other ones. So I'm excited to see if I still do respond mm-hmm. to them that way. <laughs> okay. This is, again, I'm going in so blind that it's very exciting. I'm so, glad this wasn't a nightmare, though. Same, right? you feel yeah. Kind of hopeful. Oh yeah, especially for it to be the premiere. If this was yeah. a rough premiere, it would have been a, you know, because I think too, um, you know, you and I who are lifelong horror fans also know what it's like to watch um, bad muted horror. Uh, mm-hmm. I, th- I mean, you and I, I think, are on the same page about PG-13 doesn't mean anything. I have seen great PG-13 horror films. I never get disappointed when I see it is not rated R. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Give me a good story. Give me a good movie. It, I don't care it, what the rating is. But TV horror for so long and just that kind of, you know, when you put restrictions on it, there is that concern of, oh, okay, so what are you going to do? Just cut away at, at a moment? Like, you can do that well, or you could do that in a way where it feels like you're cutting away from violence because, you know, you're airing on NBC. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm very interested in seeing how other directors handle that. And I think it was handled well. For here, sure. So. All right, so that's episode one. We'll be back at some point with episode two. Until then, uh, I don't know, just maybe when... What the, the message of so many of these episodes and so much horror is, hey, 
mediocre looking dudes, beautiful women don't just want to have sex with you when you stumble upon their home. Right. No. Yeah. Just like maybe show some discretion. You don't have to say yes just because you think it's going to happen. Yeah. Because like, I'm it telling you, it probably dangerous. Yeah. Bad things will happen. <laughs> Thanks, folks. Bye-bye.